You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. I've had a few already. And uh, this is Socks in the Basement. He's Ed. I'm Chris. And I was told that over the last 48 hours or so, all kinds of moves are going to happen because, as John Heyman just reported last night, there's going to be a lockout. Yeah, they're talking and they can't figure it out for sure. And we've, we've gone over this in previous episodes that... Until the lockout happens, people aren't going to start conceding on things. But players wanted to sign. Teams wanted to get moves done. For crying out loud, the Pittsburgh Pirates made multiple roster moves over the last 48 hours. You know who didn't make a roster move, Ed? The Chicago White Sox. And that's why I've been drinking tonight. Yeah. I mean, I was drinking because one of the other shows on the broadcast basement on-demand radio network, Southside Pod... Runs around the South Side, reviews restaurants and breweries, and I was at Horse Thief Hollow in Beverly, and normally people bring out those tiny little glasses, like, hey, sample this, sample this. But no, Neil, who owns Horse Thief Hollow at 104th and Western, brought out full beers, and several were barrel-aged, and one of them came in a fancy bottle that was dipped in wax that we had to open up, and I hadn't eaten dinner yet. So as I join you here at the bar... I am way ahead of you, my friend, and angry about the last 48 hours with the White Sox. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm not even close to your level of reflection on, on the past 48 hours of White Sox non-activity. Well, here, let's think about this. This show comes out on the 30th of November, and it would be stupid in any other year to be angry about what the White Sox have done on November 30th in the offseason. We're at the beginning of an offseason. It's not the end of the world. Kendall Graveman is a is a great addition to your team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. But the, but the thing that's bothering me the most is this is a different offseason. And we have so much to jump into because I don't understand some things about this team right now. I don't understand what they're doing. I understand that we're brought to you by Family Waterproofing Solutions. I always understand that. Yeah. FamilyDry.com. They're available 24-7. Uh, you still have today. The day this episode comes out, get something set up with them. You get 10% off for customer appreciation. Otherwise, just mention socks in the basement. They take money off for that. Anything from Boeing walls to water coming into your basement. They're still doing the gutter cleaning. That's a great price on that. I did it myself. They're highly reviewed. People love them. They're available 24-7, as I said, 708-330-4466, familydry.com, our proud sponsors. But I am confused by a team that was willing to give Manny Machado a couple years ago, as they said, $300 million. It was really less than that because there was no way those last couple option years were going to jump in, and that's why Machado picked the Padres over to White Sox. But they were willing to spend an awful lot of money and give an awful lot of years to a player just a few years ago. But we can't give Robbie Ray five years and $115 million because that should be right in your wheelhouse right now. If you didn't want to pick up Carlos Rodon and you wanted to give Robbie Ray five years at $115 million, which is what the Mariners gave him, you should have been in on that. I'm confused as to why you're not in on that. Because right now, Ed, 
you're worse than you were last year with your starting rotation. Subtract Rodon, moving Kopech. I'm sorry, Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech, there's got not going to be a real difference in the amount of innings they were able to pitch. Rodon last year and Kopech this year. And Rodon was doing it, and I don't know what Kopech is yet. I'm really not sure. I, I, there's potential, but I'm not really sure. Your bullpen isn't as good. You added Graveman, but you've subtracted Kopech because you moved him into the starting rotation, and Tapera's not there anymore. That's not even mentioning the fact that Kimbrell might get traded away. So your bullpen isn't as good as last year. Second base is not as good as it was opening day, and it's not as good as it was at the end of the season. You don't have Madrigal or Hernandez. You don't even have Larry Garcia right now. You're worse there. I don't know what you're doing in right field. Is Adam Eaton coming back? Because you screwed that up year after year after year, and I think you've thrown all your eggs into the Michael Conforto basket. When Scott Boros burns you, I don't want to hear you had a seat at the table. I don't want to hear about that. So right now I have a lot of concerns, and I'm probably wrong to be so upset because it's November the 30th, but when you look at what other teams did in the last couple of days knowing this lockout was coming, it is hard to not be frustrated. Well, look, here's the the thing. My concern is exactly what you said. They are not as good as they were going into last year. And I hate the self-inflicted wound of second base. And that's what this is. It is a self-inflicted wound on Rick Hahn's part to put himself in a position where he did not have a plan for 2022 at second base. He was guessing and hoping, and he did something he didn't need to do but that's maybe a, another half an hour we could go off on the whole Kimbrel trade. My problem is, is that I don't understand what exactly it is that they were waiting for to happen because I can see where Michael Conforto is not yet signed. And maybe they get burned, maybe they don't, but it, Michael Conforto doesn't fix nearly as many problems as the White Sox have. In fact, I don't think he fixes a damn thing, frankly, as far as what the White Sox have problem-wise, because right field, at least there's bodies out there with potential. I keep hearing that, and I keep hearing, we're going to trade for Gene Segura. We're going to trade to the Phillies. Kimbrel, they, they want Kimbrel, and that's that's fait accompli. That is that is a done deal, and now we're just waiting to see what the sweetener is for Kimbrel. And I do think I, I think Kimbrel's got a market, and we could talk more about it. But but they seem to be hung up on these two items, these two guys, Conforto, Segura, and they ignored the pitching market. And now the pitching market is down to Marcus Stroman, who's made it clear he's never coming here. It's down to Clayton Kershaw, and I don't know what Clayton Kershaw has left in the tank, or if he is going to chase Max. Scherzer like numbers where the Sox are never going to give him 40 million a year but really the best starting pitcher left on the market isn't an upgrade because it's Carlos Rodon the guy that's the only guy that's left and Carlos Rodon is going to sign for more than what the qualifying offer was now it's obvious of course I know David Sampson said that wasn't going to happen when he came on the show and I was I was falling back on the fact that he was a longtime general manager But now when I look at how the market is going, and I don't think anybody predicted that everybody would be like, oh, I got to sign a deal, which is funny. I mean, think about what's going on here. First of all, the owners. There are some of these owners that have completely destroyed ownership crying poor by spending so much money in the last couple of days. The Rangers are being almost stupid with their money. Oh, the Mets, The Rangers 
They the, don't make any sense. And the Mets, holy smokes, what are they doing? Right. And you know other owners are mad at them. Jerry is furious right now. Jerry Reinsdorf oh, 100%. is furious right now. <laughs> he He's always been a guy very, very much involved in what's going on when it comes to the owners versus the players when these negotiations happen. He, he takes a special interest in it. And it would have been crazy for him to drop ridiculous amounts of money and hurt that negotiation stance. So I'm not surprised by the fact the White Sox didn't spend a ton of money. It would have been nice to see him get one signing. But you know Jerry is furious right now with the idea that, I mean, the Mets have a $268 million expected payroll, according to fan graphs. That, that's insane. They're 90-some million above the White Sox right now. They're over 50 million above the second highest payroll in baseball. And they're not done because they're going to go get Javi Baez from what I can read. And they're, they're probably, they're probably trading for Kimbrel. They're one of the teams that's in there right now trying to, they're just going to keep adding and adding. They're going to have a $300 million plus payroll. I guarantee you by the time this is all over. And the Rangers, a 10 year deal for Corey Seager and a seven year deal for Marcus Simeon. I mean, I got to ask the question, why did you even trade us Lance Lynn? If you're going to do that this year, why did they trade Joey Gallo? Last year to the the Yankees. I can't understand it, but I know this. I bet you the White Sox are shell-shocked right now because this is not what was expected. On the other hand, I go back to the Bob Nightingale tweet about the White Sox wanting a player like Marcus Simeon and a player like Robbie Ray. You could have had Robbie Ray. Five years, $115 million. Totally doable. Very, very reasonable deal. Very for, reasonable. For the rating AL Cy Young Award winner. And don't tell me you don't have that money. If you don't have that money, I don't know why you own a Major League Baseball team. Socks in the basement listeners, do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the South Side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. I'm going to tell you something right now. First off, Red Wing Shoes. Just heard the ad. Three-day weatherproof insulated boots and shoes sale this weekend, Saturday, December the 4th through Monday, December the 6th. Check it out. Mention socks in the basement. That is some premium footwear. As for the White Sox, Ed, they're going to lose money by not spending money at this point. You have an incensed fan base that's watching this happening and is wondering, well, what are we doing? If you miss out at second base and you bring back Larry Garcia or Cesar Hernandez, or somebody that I can very easily point out is not as good as those guys at second base, and you you complete your failure, th- that is going to hurt you at the box office. I'm sorry. Fans go and spend money when they think this team is winning. There's been studies done on it. White Sox fans respond 
to how the team performs and the money put into the team, you see an increase in ticket sales. And so if you don't do anything here, if Kendall Graveman is all you're doing, you have a massive problem on your hands. So I don't think they're that stupid, Ed. I mean, like I, I'm still trying to go through it in my head, and I, I don't believe they're that dumb. Like it would be it would be a terrible disaster for the White Sox to to not go out and fix second base, to not go out and fix right field, and then expect fans to show up. Here's my problem. Here's why I'm mad. I, I'm not mad that they lost out on Marcus Semyon because only an idiot gives a 32 year old guy who's got two really good years under his belt seven years guaranteed, and and basically you're going to pay him until he's 40 to play second base. I wouldn't do it either. I understand it. I yeah, wouldn't do I, it. I, I, that that is that is the risk you take when. You're going into a free agency period where there's very few viable options. My problem is that we were told that this rebuild was going to create a contender and the Sox should not be in a position right now where Rick Hahn is scrambling to find a second baseman who was not Cesar Hernandez or Larry Garcia because the marketplace just doesn't have anybody available to him. The moment you made the Kimbrel trade, the moment you traded Nick Madrigal, you had to be prepared to get hit in the wallet the following year. Because if you honestly believed that after all this work from 2017 through 2020 of just sucking, that that was it, you put all your chips in right there, because that's what you did essentially if you don't fix second base. All right? You put all your chips in, and now you're going to bring on a team that's not as good in 2022 as the team in 2021. You had two first-round eliminations. It, the moment you traded Mandrigal, you had to be willing at whatever the price was to at least replace him with something equal, if not better. Right. Or you failed. And, and, and he just doesn't have the trade capital. You know, I, Craig Kimbrell has a, has a market, but it's a limited market. He, you know, I, I, I don't mind, like I said, that the Rangers may have overpaid for Marcus Simeon and, and you know, God bless Marcus Simeon for getting, for getting paid, but... I just I'm I'm annoyed if there's no plan in place and it ends up being less than a replacement level guy. I'm annoyed that as I look at what the Sox have in the minors that is immediately available and is coming up, that you didn't have anybody in the middle of the infield ready to go. You don't have anybody really coming. They're they're years away. And what you have is you have this plethora of guys that can play first base, third base, maybe be corner outfielders. But you're not sure if any of them are good enough to actually do it. And the one guy that has the hitting pedigree was not ever supposed to see the field and is now being looked at as a guy that, that you know, people are, are remembering that he started a game at second base and going, Jesus, that, that's not the plan, is it? Uh, you know, Andrew Vaughn is not our starting second baseman. So you have all this weirdness. But my biggest problem is, is that your pitching got exposed in the playoffs, two years in a row, your pitching got exposed in the playoffs, and you sat on your hands and watched every available pitcher, every available pitcher that would have been an upgrade, get signed away from you in the past 48 hours. Every one of them. Gaussman, Robbie Ray, uh, you know, Rodriguez got signed a couple days ago, obviously. He was before the sort of... Uh, was sort of big thing, but I mean, it, nothing. There's no, the, the cupboard is now bare. You're looking at Zach Greinke and Michael Pineda. Yeah, I here's the thing. <laughs> I did not think this team would do something as crazy as what the Mets did with Max Scherzer. 
And I thought Kevin Gaussman was a a pipe dream. But he signed for, he signed for less than Ray. Did he sign for less than Ray? He signed for 110 over 5 years. That's insane. With the, with why are we not why are we not interested in these guys? Like this is a, this is a yeah. God's honest question. Why are we not interested in these guys? And 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 don't tell me it's because of the money. You have one more year of Dallas Keuchel at 20 million a year and he comes off the books. So what you're going to do is you're going to sacrifice 2022 because you can't go $20 million over budget? I mean, is that what's really going on here? This is a real legitimate question. Because you are stuck with Keiko for one year, are you telling me that this team is not interested in Robbie Ray, Eduardo Rodriguez, or Kevin Gaussman at similar money long-term where you would just have to either try to trade Keiko away or you would just eat an additional twenty million dollars over budget for one season. Is I mean, is that how is that how cheap we are? I mean, it's a legit question. And are we are we that cheap? I mean, forget saying we're a small market team. We're a small minded team, if that's the case. Because well, yeah, because the idea should be that you see a guy like Robbie Ray coming off of a a Cy Young season, or you see a Gaussman. And you go, I like what he's doing, and I want to, I want that for a long time on my team. And you go out and you spend the money on that guy, knowing that, all right, we're going to kind of eat some Keiko money for a year, but it's okay because, you know, people are going to be out at the ballpark, and they can't wait to watch this team win. I would think the buzz alone is worth $20 million in revenue. I'm just, I'm surprised by it. I, it's very short-sighted for this team. To not sit there and well, say, well, the Keiko money comes off after this year and maybe we could deal him away to at least alleviate a little bit of it. It feels like it feels like last year. It feels like the year before that. There was a hard number, like almost like a salary cap that's imposed here, and we can't figure out how to how to work our way around it. And either A, I blame the owner for putting that on his general manager, or B, I blame the general manager for not being able to look at the budget understand what the budget is, and then make decisions that he's made over the last couple of years that's put himself in a situation. Because to me, I don't see anything that's out of the ordinary. Sure, the Scherzer thing's out of the ordinary. That's stupid money. It's absolutely stupid money. And I got yeah. a kick out of I got a kick out of uh Trevor Bauer and his and his agent like on oh, trying Twitter, to take credit for that. Yeah. Chirping was... about how they made Max Scherzer their mo- Trevor, go away. You're a terrible human being. And your agent even trying to trumpet you shows that she's just as bad as you are as a human being. Go away. But after the Scherzer thing, Gaussman, Rodriguez, and Ray are all doable deals that would have helped your team out. And I'm, I'm starting to become concerned that you don't get to go sign that deal until Keiko's off the books. Well, and I, I don't even know if it's the money, Chris. That's that's the thing is, is my... My recollection and my impression of the Jerry Reinsdorf era of White Sox baseball is he views long-term contracts for pitchers as a bad idea, right? And he won't go that's – why, that's why Liam Hendricks has three years, but he's got that crazy option where he gets paid no matter what, but he's not necessarily going to be on the team. Or So I, I'm, I'm thinking some of these guys are looking at it going, I can get – the same dollar amount. I can get that 20 million from Rick Hahn. I can get that 20 million and go and pitch on the South side of Chicago, but I can only do it for three years, but the Jays will give me five. 
the Mariners will give me five, but Jerry Reinsdorf won't give me five. He won't give me five years. Then Alex Cobb is coming here. Prepare yourself for it. Maybe Alex no, Wood is coming No, he's not. Here. Alex Cobb is signing with the Angels. Is he really? He I is. don't even have that here. We're not even getting him. You're telling me I'm, I'm not I, even getting. I even missed we're not out. Even getting Alex Cobb. I even missed out on Alex Cobb. I give. The, up. I, when I say the cupboard is bare, pitching wise, the cupboard is bare. And have you ever had uh, French food? Uh yeah, I have had French food. Have you had Vietnamese food? I have not had Vietnamese. Have you had Thai food? Uh, does Pad Thai count? Because it seems like cheating. The Art of Food is available at TT's Restaurant in Westchester. They are just to the east of Wolf Road on Roosevelt, 11055 Roosevelt Road to be exact. An incredible bar, an incredible menu, incredible food. This is their second location. The first one originated in Evergreen Park. They are now out in Westchester, and you want to go check them out right now. The, the menu is reasonable. The food is spectacular. You feel like you're stealing from them as you're eating their delicious cuisine. And uh, I have stopped in there now several times, and I'm loving it. Everything from the five-spice lamb chop. That just sounds good just saying it out loud. Oh, doesn't it, though? <laughs> the incredible garlic chicken dish that I had the last time that I was out there. The crispy basil catfish and so much more. TT's is an experience for you, your friends, your loved ones, your date, the girl you met on Tinder. Go on out there, 11055 Roosevelt Avenue in Westchester. Check them out online. It's pronounced TT's. It's spelled T-H-I-T-H-I restaurant.com. Oh, I, I, you know what? I think I, I think I made a mistake there. I said Alex Cobb was signing with the Angels. He's signing with the Giants. But he's still signing with somebody. Yep. We don't get anybody. I, I really honestly, you know, let, let me swing back around to Kimbrell for a second. Because I think the market for Craig Kimbrell actually opened up and changed. And I, I think you can forget about the Phillies if you want to. I really do think that the two teams that might have more to give for Kimbrell are now the Marlins and the Rangers. So what are they going to give us? The Marlins have stockpiled a bunch of young starting pitching, and they have a young rotation in place, but they still have about four or five of them. Even after the Stallings trade, they still have four or five guys that rotated through that that rotation last year and are going to be sitting at AAA, are highly touted prospects, and I think you could take one of those guys, and at least you can say, look, if they don't start on the on the team – that becomes the first guy up from AAA if something happens or if you need someone. Yeah, but right? the problem is you've put yourself in a position that if you don't trade Kimbrell at this point for right field or second base, you're in real trouble, right? Yeah, but what 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 are the second base options? It's it's Gene Secura or Bust, right? Is that what we're looking at? It feels like it. Right? So which brings me around to the Rangers. You've made me so here's the thing, you've made me so desperate as a White Sox fan at this point to fix second base, that when you do finally announce Kimbrel to the Phillies for Gene Segura, I'm going to act like it's a big deal. When in reality, it it's, really, not, it's not really that special not. at all. <laughs> it's not really good. Not that great. It's, no, it's nowhere close to what it should be, and I'm disappointed in it. Right. Here's the two guys I would like to see them get back. I, 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 if, if the Rangers are being serious, then Craig Kimbrel is right up their freaking alley right now, right? Because he's a big name. He's a big contract. He's got the crazy stance when he gets ready to throw a pitch and all that stuff. 
the the Rangers actually had two pretty decent middle infielders last year that are now out of a job because you've just paid stupid amounts of money to Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager to take their jobs. And one of them is Andy Abanez, who is a little bit of an older guy. He was an international signing, uh, but he's got a pretty decent record in the minors and he is a pretty decent second baseman. And he finished last year with, uh, you know, a decent little debut, 277 with a 756 OPS. But he's young. He's under team control. He's 28. So he's he's got, you at least have him for a while. The other guy is Isaiah Kiner-Falafa, which is not as much fun to watch as it is to say, I don't think. But <laughs> the guy is absolutely lights out with the glove all over the infield. He's become a pretty decent hitter. They're just going to move him to third, though, aren't they? Wouldn't they just move him to third base? Who's their third baseman? Nope, because their top prospect is Josh Young, who is ready to roll at third base. All right, well, I take that guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it, it, you know, if if that and, you know, some other Rangers prospect, and I haven't done a deep enough dive into the Rangers to look at it, but if you were to if you were to leverage it into Kiner Falafa, for example— now things aren't lost, but you know it's still that couldn't have been the plan because there's no way anybody saw the Rangers going out and blowing all their money like this. Don't you feel like you're picking up scraps at this point? Like as a White Sox fan, I feel yeah, like yeah, you are. I feel like as a White Sox fan that instead of walking into this off season and saying, "Look, we're not going to be the Mets and be stupid. We're not even going to have the payroll of the Yankees, but we're going to go out. We're going to make one big signing." See, I expected that. I expected them to go out and make one big signing. And and, and it, here's my, I know that it drives people nuts when I say this, because it's clear to me that the White Sox are likely just targeting Michael Conforto at this point. Which I still, you will never, and, and I don't care if Conforto goes out and wins the MVP. I I will never understand why why they fell so in love with him for this offseason. I could put together a right field platoon with an Adam Angle and an Andrew Vaughn and a Gavin Sheets, but I don't have anything that I can piece together at second base. And that had to be the focus. It's almost like, I mean, think about it. It's like the guy that goes out in their fantasy football draft and drafts nothing but running backs, loves running backs. He subscribes to the old school thing of running back, running back, running back, running back. And he ends up with like the 12th best quarterback in the league and a bunch of wide receivers that are in the third or fourth tier. And he ends up losing more games than he wins. And he can't understand it because he had this incredible stable of running backs, but he can only start two of them per week and the rest of them sit on the bench. And you had a position of strength where you could swing and miss at right field, but you can't swing and miss at second base. And and now when you watch everything that's happening, that's what feels like what's that it feels like that. Well, you also you also cannot swing and miss with the pitching staff, and that that is more of my concern that they watched that, that the starting pitching is just not it's not there for them to pick up anymore. Now they they almost have to give Carlos Rodon a lot of money to hope that he's not hurt. It's it, it's really confusing to me, and I don't know if they got caught with their pants down. Or if they, honest to goodness, just, I mean, do they believe that they could sign one of these guys and not have to give them years and money? Do they, like, are, is is the plan to lay in the weeds and wait until somebody says, well, we've run out of chairs, Chris Taylor, and so you got to take a prove-it year? Are they looking for this year's prove-it year? 
from somebody like how Simeon had to go to Toronto and take a one-year deal. So they're, they're just waiting and hoping that that works out. I mean, I just feel like, you know, you, you wait all this time to get a window where you can compete for a championship, right? And the window's here now and messing around at this point and blowing it and throwing a year or two of the window away because you couldn't just pull the trigger on something or spend the money that needed to be spent is going to be the worst part about all this. Maybe we're nuts. Like I said, it's November the 30th, the day this show comes out. There's going to be a lockout. We don't know how things are going to go, but I do know this. There are an awful lot of Major League Baseball fan bases right now that feel a lot more comfortable because their team is doing something. And ours replaced one, not all, but one of the issues in their bullpen. And, and, you know, I get it that they're going to end up probably in the top 10 in payroll. They might be just on the outside of it. They should be better. This is it. This is when you're trying to win. This is when you're trying to win. And I I, I just don't understand the games. I, I go back to it. I can't understand why you were willing to throw the money you were going to throw at Manny Machado a couple years ago, but you can't sign Robbie Ray at five years and $115 million. That you can't go out and get Kevin Gausman right now when you need that extra arm. That I, mean, I understand the Simeon thing. I understand not giving the years. I, I get it. I don't understand the fact that you're not involved at all. And it feels like you're not involved at all. Now, this episode is going to come out, Ed, and there is a distinct possibility that either right after it comes out, Five minutes after it comes out, two days after it comes out, they do something. Like right there at the deadline, it's like, by the way, we signed so-and-so and we got the physical done like right there in the lobby of the hotel where we went and met him and he signed it. We made him strip naked down to his underwear in the lobby so he could turn his head and cough while signing the document. Rick Hines flying around the country right now with a team of doctors and a briefcase full of contracts and he's going to surprise everybody. I don't know. Maybe it's possible. But I, I, I think what I'm explaining right now and how I'm feeling is how a lot of White Sox fans feel after watching the last two days. I, yeah. Like, I, it's frustration. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.